Welcome to Conversation with H, the Skype series. Today I have an amazing man from Birmingham. He used to have this thing called Embryo Music back in the day. Now he's an educator, he's a motivational speaker, he's got his company called Level Up. Not only that, but he's a knife crime survivor, um, he's a musician, that's how I first know him. He also has an amazing array of trainers, as you can see right behind him at this moment in time. Um, I bring to you Mr. Adam Brooks. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, bro. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, <clears throat> as well as I can in this moment, man. So, yeah. coronavirus is going, it's happening. How yeah. are you coping yeah. with that and how are you coping with lockdown? Okay, so for me, it's been a really interesting thing because like 90% of what I do is in education, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. working in schools, when I got locked down, obviously that's one, I guess, stream of income that's locked off. Yeah. Immediately, when um, but I do also freelance work. I do graphic design, marketing, branding, web Almost. design, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then again, people who you work for are no longer at work again themselves. So then mm. that's another thing. So for me, it kind of really took me back to the focal point of what I am and what I'm about. Because I realised I've been doing lots of different things to make money and to be um, innovative and that kind of stuff outside in, in the world. But yeah. what I'm really passionate about is what I've been left with, which is yeah. helping people, okay. motivating people. That kind of thing. So it's kind of allowed me to strip back to um, what is the core of who I am, my purpose, which has mm. been good in a way. Um, because I kind of think you get distracted by the world, you get bills, and you, and you think, well, I've got to pay my bills first and foremost. So I've got to get that out of the way. Once yep. I've done that, then I can focus on my thing after that. Then I can focus on doing, you know, but it's, that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that race. So I think for me, lockdown hasn't been as bad as for most people because I've had a positive impact. It's had a positive impact. But also, I also work for my church. Well, yeah, I've been church and do stuff for church as well. So I've been out and about doing bits, and so it hasn't been like in my house by myself all day. Yeah, I've had lots of interactions. Yeah. yeah. So how have you <clears> found <throat> juggling? Because you've got so many. Sounds like you've got so many different things on the go. How have you found, you know, managing that in this time as well? Well, it's funny because before that, I would honestly say I wasn't managing it very well. <laughs> I was literally going, I wasn't, like some days I go about sleep. I go like I go to work. Wow. Um. I go do some freelance work and then I come home like three o'clock in the morning and then I go to school for nine o'clock the next day and then be at school all day, then go and do something else and do something else. So it was like I wasn't managing it, I was just literally getting by. And so what I've realized really was that after this, like I always thought I wouldn't survive if things dropped out of my life, some work, some money income and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. they've gone and things are going okay. And it's like I just have to be more disciplined with what I do. Mm. So it's like okay, if I can really if I were to dedicate some of the time I was dedicated to all these other things that were just for money and put them to my purpose or to my life's work. Yeah. What could I achieve if I dedicated that amount of time to my stuff and to things that, that God put me on earth to do? Mm. It, juggling it really has become really easy because I've really said to myself, I'm only doing what's important. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. only doing what actually makes a difference. There's no point messing around now. Like in this time now, there's, I, don't, I can't think of any other time in history, well, for us anyway, let's say for us, where mm. there's been like this for one, but also where people could actually say, you know, I'm actually going to stay at home all day and I can do what I want. So I'm not saying playing games. Like I'm saying like you can go and do. Wait, just to make just for clarity, I get this time. It's crazy for some people, right? So I'm not saying it should just be about going and doing loads of stuff and whatever. Because yeah. people, this is depressing. It's yeah. sad. It's upsetting. 
and it's really really difficult to cope with for some people as well. So I'm not discounting that. Hmm. I also believe that this is the first time where you can say to yourself, "I'm going to go and do a course." Yeah. Like I had no time at work and my kids and blah blah blah. So I'm going to do a course, a accounting course or um, an IT course or a coding course. Yeah, Harvard University are doing courses for free right now. On uh, Open University doing free courses for free. There's so many courses you can do for free to enhance your skills, your abilities, and also create new opportunities for yourself once the world of work reopens and stuff. So I think that's one of the things that also focused me, like getting better at what I already do now mm. and enhancing myself. When I go back out into the world again, I'm better as a result of this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give to people who are currently in this situation of COVID-19, not really knowing what the outcome is at the moment, not really knowing what the outcome is going to be when we kind of go back to some sort of normal what kind of advice would you give to them? I said the first thing is it feels like right now we have no control over our lives, doesn't it? Like we're just waiting for an update. To say, you're allowed to go to the shops again or whatever, do this and do that. The reality is, though, we have very little control over our lives anyway. Mm. It's just a false or implied sense of control. We go to work because if you don't go to work, you get paid. Yeah. So nine to five, you're somebody else's property effectively. So there's no control in that area. There's no control over that. So the majority of our lives are spent out of control anyway. So let's dismiss the whole idea that oh, we've got no control, there's nothing we can do. We know that already. That's what life is. Mm -hmm. The advice I'd give to anybody, though, is to take a look at where you are in your life right now. This is a great time to reevaluate, mm -hmm. a great time to look at where you are. I think, is this what I want? Like, do I really want to be in this job? Realistically, being in quarantine with somebody, do I really want to be in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Do I really want to be in this place? Is. Think about what it is, because this is the first time you're going to have where you're going to actually have the time to execute on something you want to do. Mm -hmm. So if you want to change... Now is the time to do it. I know it's difficult because, like I said, it's difficult dealing with depression and self-isolation, all that kind of stuff. But this, this is the only time you're going to get. Mm. It's never, I doubt it's ever again. So my advice would be, firstly, just evaluate yourself. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what are the stepping stones between where you are now and where you want to be? And what things can I do now? What book can I read? What YouTube video can I watch? What course can I take? Who can I talk to? Who can help me move from one step to the next and get me closer to where I want to be? So, as you said, you've been doing stuff with your church <clears throat> as well, um, New Jerusalem in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, what kind of things have you guys been doing to help others kind of with this coronavirus stuff that's going on at the moment? Yeah. Um, so our church is open at the moment still, five days a week. So we have a food bank there where we're supporting um, women's refuges, charities, the doctor surgeries are referring people to us, schools are referring families to us. So wow. we have, you know, one day last week, we had 18 different people come and get food from us in wow. one day. So it's something, it's in the heart of Aston, so it's right in the middle of, you know, yeah, yeah. And so there's lots of people that come there, but also get lots of referrals from the council and from people who can ask people, so people who are in care, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They will refer people and, and actually got people after as well. So we're doing that. I'm also offering support in terms of like people who are struggling with being alone and self-isolated. So we're offering yeah. services where people can call in and Zoom call in and just talk to somebody, that kind of thing. That's cool. Um, and yeah, it's, it's important because I think mental health is something that gets overlooked, especially, I won't say it's like, there's a wholesale statement, but in church, we kind of overlook mental health. Yes. And to say, you know, pay for, pay for it and you'll be all right. Like, <laughs> it's not as simple as that. Yeah. So, you know, people sometimes just need to talk. Mm. You just need to have a conversation with somebody. And sometimes, especially with people who live alone, who aren't going to work, who are staying home all day and adhering to the rules. Like, imagine being at home. What well, is it, 36 days now, 37 days? Yes. Like, imagine being at home that long by yourself and only going to a shop. And, and having to have two meters distance it's just like no contact yeah. there's no one around it's like it's difficult so dealing with the mental health element of it as well 
Um, and obviously as well, we're still producing a service for Sunday. So mm. me and my brother Matt, we um, and I edit the videos, put together a service for everyone. So that's taken up a lot of time. As you all know, editing videos and stuff, it takes... So we do have an hour service. So we have an hour's worth of video to edit. And that kind of, so that's what we do at the moment. Yeah, it's that's, quite And that's great because this is a time where the church has to kind of, I feel anyway, utilize its resources. And when I say the church, I don't mean just my church or your church. I mean the church as a whole. Utilize the resources mm -hmm. that we've got and utilize what, you know, the biblical principles of when something like this is to occur, how are we going to maneuver, how are we going to act? Um, and that's why it's great to hear what New Jerusalem Church is doing at the moment. Yeah. And the editing of videos is so long. It can take so much time just to get sounds right, to get pictures right. And some people, sometimes people don't understand the time that it takes to not only just edit the videos, but to put stuff on that you guys are doing at the moment. So I just want to commend you and commend, you know, your your dad and your mother, um, Bishop Brooks, um, in terms of what they're doing at the moment. Um, so I just want to make sure that I've said that. So in terms of your career, how did you get into motivational speaking? Because um, you've given us great advice and it's 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 straight it's it's straight hitting it's it's straight to the point and it's very motivational. You're like you're motivating people. I can feel it anyway because I'm like, yo, you are right in terms of some of the simple things you're saying. But how did you get into that motivational speaking? Essentially, it's, a, it's been a long journey. Really, I started off as a mentor. Like I did mentoring when I was 16. So wow. I did peer mentoring. Yeah, so peer mentoring other kids my age. Um, through something called the UFA University of the First Age, maybe okay. too young to remember that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's way past my time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm showing my age now, isn't it? <laughs> so we did that, um, and I mentioned I really enjoyed helping people and working with young people and stuff. Yeah. Um, so as I went through my like stages of my career, I went to work for Connections at one point, and okay. I was working. With, they call them NEETs, so not in education, uh, employment or training. NEETs. Okay. Uh, so I had a thousand kids and young people who were on a NEET list. I had to go and visit and talk to him and find out how to get them back into education or into wow. employment. Yeah, I loved it, man. loved it. Uh, so I did that. And then I went into the, the normal world of jobs. So I went into um, sales, followed into marketing, then became a marketing manager. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was a marketing manager. Um, and at my church, they need some help with some stuff. So I kind of started volunteering at church. And yeah. then I ended up working at church and then creating my school programs and that kind of stuff. Um, so what happened with the motivational speaking was I was doing talks just at schools and for kids and that kind of thing, just because the teachers would always say you can really connect with them and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what really happened to make me really, really focus on it was when I got stabbed in 2017. Mm. I did things before that, but I wasn't classifying as a speaker or anything like that. Um, and then I realized that my story was something that could relate to some people. And I realized that just by sharing my story, not having to create anything, just tell them what happened and how I reacted to it. That could help change people's lives. Mm. Um, I think the enjoying message out of my experience was that you don't have you have one life to live. You don't have any breath that's guaranteed or any heartbeats that are guaranteed to you. You're here today, and if you don't live today, you may not get tomorrow. Mm. Um, having been in experience of almost dying, I was like that really hit home to me. But I also was aware that I was like everybody else before that happened to me. I was just like coasting, chilling, doing my thing. I got tomorrow. I got next year. I got wow. this. I got that. I can't. And it made me focus on the fact that if I could be in church on a Sunday and get stabbed, anything can happen, bro. You know what I'm saying? So if that's the case, right, you better live your best life right now. Mm. I'm not talking about tangible things like trainers and clothes and parties. For me, the best life is living a life that makes you feel happy, 
satisfied and fulfilled, mm. knowing that you're living your purpose mm. and knowing that you're doing something that makes a difference. That's what I mean by your best life. Stuff doesn't make a difference. Everything can fade away. And if you're not, if you're happy, it doesn't matter. So that's what motivated me to do speaking. And then I think my story is just quite an interesting one. So people want to hear my story and it just developed from there, man. Mm. So in terms yeah. of, in terms of your story, in terms of what, I don't want to go into too much of the detail, but mm. you, what essentially happened on that day? Mm-hmm. And then what was the one thing that, you know, from that moment, literally just the switch just went and changed your life. Okay. Um, so the basic story is um, a guy came to kill somebody who was in my church. Mm. So the guy, he had a pre, uh, what call he was, had a vendetta against this guy anyway from before. Apparently he's tried to do something to him in the past and to other people he's connected to. So this Sunday, a uh, normal Sunday, he came to the church. Just so happened that we were doing a declaration. So everyone was standing up and it was yeah. quite loud. Yeah, you know, yeah. saying like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I heard, I heard shouting from outside church. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, what's going on? And then I saw one of the girls who come to my church come running into the sanctuary and she almost like fell on the floor when she's running. And she was so afraid in her face. So I looked through the door and I saw this guy and I thought, hmm? Well, the caveat is there's a, a homeless kind of shelter around the corner from my church. Yeah. So them guys often do come into church. So I just thought maybe he's one of them guys and I don't know. But then I saw in his hand he had a big kitchen knife, like proper kitchen knife. And I was like, hold on, what, what's going on here? In your head, it's like it was too... It was too fast for me to logically process it. Yeah. I just saw a guy walking with him, and he started walking across the front of the church, um, and across the front towards where my mom was sitting, and mom was holding my niece, Jade. So I was like, I don't know what's going on, but a guy's got a knife. He's walking towards my mom. I've got to stop him. Yeah. That was it. I was just from behind the keyboard while I was sitting, uh, or standing even. Ran around and just dived on him, put my arms around him. We ended up on the floor, and we rolled like, for like six meters or whatever. <laughs> felt like forever. Um, and in that process, he stabbed me in my neck like there, and in my hand and on the back of my neck as well. But I didn't feel none of it at all. Didn't feel a thing. So we're on the floor. I'm holding him down. Got my hand on his hand and my other hand on his other hand. I've got my knees on his like torso. I'm like, bro, calm down, man. Calm down. He's like, So at this point, torso. you're not feeling, you haven't felt nothing. I haven't felt a thing. Not a thing. So I'm like, calm down, calm down. So one of the guys came over um, and they held him down. And then I saw blood. And I was like, oh my God. I thought I'd made him stab himself, bro. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to prison, innit? Oh my gosh, we're going to say I stabbed him. That's all I could think of. And then I looked at my hand and I saw it on my hand. So like there, there's a little scar. Yeah, yeah, it was cold. Yeah. So I thought, oh, thank God, it's me. Calm, no problem. It's me, doesn't matter. And then someone came over and was like, actually, Adam, it's you, your neck. Your neck. I didn't see it, but my neck was cut all across here, innit? And then my the whole neck was hanging down. So you could see all the ten, all what the veins or whatever. And it was pouring out. I didn't feel it. I didn't see it. But then I felt hot. I was like, why do I feel so hot? And it was all the blood's pouring on my chest, in it? Oh, all my over here. gosh. I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, and so at that point, like, I started thinking, oh, snap, like, that's a lot of blood. Like, And then it just went into a flash. Everyone kind of grabbed me over, put me on the floor. Police came in, paramedics came in, air ambulance came, all that kind of stuff. And I was lying on the floor. And then I started to, like, lose consciousness, like, fade in and out. And then, this is what you asked me. The pivotal moment was, I was lying on the floor. Well, two things happened. I say the first thing, which is quite funny. The first thing was that they cut my clothes off me. They cut my clothes off me. And the first thought was, oh my God, did I clean my legs? Because <laughs> <laughs> that morning, bro, I was rushing in. I was like, I beg, leave my trousers on, leave them on. Oh I'm fine. my leave them on. gosh. 
bro, it's mad what goes through your head. And the second thing I was thinking as well was actually, I've got tickets to Man United on this week. So I need to be able to go to the game. Is it your, really? Is a, bro, I was dead. It was Europa League, Europa League game. And then the final thought was like, as I was getting serious and I was paid, I was like, hold on. Like, genuinely, if I do die now, I think I'm safe because I'm in church. Like, I was just thinking like, I can't really die in a better place. Mm. Everyone's here. My family's here. Everyone's here. My brother wasn't there, but mom and dad were there. My sister was there. And I was like, you know, basically like, this, I can't, I can't fault this. Like, I had a good chance at life. I had a great opportunity to be the best I could be. I didn't take as many opportunities as I could have. Mm. But, and the alternative is, like, if I get out of this alive, I'm going to live my life the best I can. I'll never allow time to pass me by again. Yeah. I'll never allow somebody's opinion to shape how I behave myself. I'll never allow somebody else's fears to be projected onto me. I will do what I know I can do to the best of my ability for the rest of my life. Which is, I think, part of what shapes my mindset now in this period of time. Mm. It doesn't feel like mm. a waste of time being at home for me now. I'm just happy to be alive and I can see stuff I can do to improve myself. Mm. So every minute I get extra now from that moment on is like a bonus, bro. Like I take it as a blessing that I'm here now. Mm. So as much as things mm. are terrible in the world and I can totally sympathize with people who are upset, who have lost family members, who they can't grieve for properly, who have been through losing jobs and incomes and all sorts of stuff. The fact remains is that it could be worse. Mm. It just could be worse. Mm. And that, for me, it's like, that's how I look at it. If I can do something with the time I've got now, I'm going to make the most of it. I'll never let time pass me by again. Mm. So, <clears throat> what advice, if you was doing... Okay, no, let's talk about level up. So, mm -hmm. you start level up, and what was yeah. your goal in terms of doing that? My goal, I think, remains the same to this day as well, is to give people a sense of urgency about living their best life, is to make them feel what I felt in the moment when I thought I was gonna die. Like, I don't wanna scare nobody. I want you to know that life is not guaranteed, man. Mm. You've got one month and that's now. If you don't take now, you're never guaranteed to get next, the next day, the next day, the next day. You love your wife and you treat her badly. That's the last time you see her. You're gonna regret it for the rest of your life. Treat her good. If you, wanna, if you care for your family, tell them today. Share that, share that with them today. Don't wait. Like, mm. whatever, is, whatever your passion is and whatever your longing to do just do it yeah don't wait time is going to pass you by and that's the message i want people to have is not to frighten them into you know into anything but it's like guys you don't know what's gonna happen next man three months ago if i told you you'd be at home for 36 days in a row at home no work nothing going on the world is shut down your time i was an idiot mm. but look at today so that's the fact that if anything can happen do what you need to do for you today it's not wasting time mm. and that's the message like that's enjoying for me like every person i meet i want them to know that you have the opportunity to change your life. It's not going to happen outside of you. It's an inside job. If you don't change yourself, your life will not change. Yeah. So it's up to you to make your life what you want it to be. Mm. So my last question to you would be, you're amazing at motivating people, but what advice would you give to yourself with where you're at in life now? Great question, bro. Um, the biggest advice I give myself is to believe in what I know about myself already. Mm. Biggest issues I think most of us face, but I can tell you for myself, I face is that kind of enjoying self-doubt sometimes where you're going to do something that's outside the comfort zone. It's like, what will people think of me if I do this? Like, how will people perceive that I think I'm amazing or whatever? And like, I don't, well, we all have it in it. Yeah, yeah. When I first started Level Up, right, I was setting up my um, Facebook page for myself like adam brooks as a personal not a personal profile as a fan page type yeah, thing. yeah 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 made it and i deleted it straight away because like people are gonna think who the hell does this guy think, think he is yeah 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 
this guy? Come on. Like, and that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, nobody said that to me, you know. Mm. I said it to myself, there's no enemy, there's no hater, there's no trolls. I was trolling myself, bro. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you've got to believe in yourself. Like, I think the biggest thing is to remind yourself of what you're capable of and remind yourself daily. Like, remember, Adam, you've done this, you've spoken in front of a thousand people before, so talking to 25 people in the school is nothing. Adam, remember, you've delivered in this environment, you've done this before, you've created this, remember, you've done that. Remember, and then when you remind yourself what you've done, it builds confidence. Mm. That's the thing. So it's like, I'll, the advice I give to myself is, you remember who you are, remember who made you, remember what you were made, made and born to do. Mm. And also, yeah. like, you've almost died, bro. Why are you wasting time worrying about stuff? That's what I do. And that's what I tell myself to motivate myself. Remember who you are, remember whose you are, and just remember that even if you fail, you don't lose unless you give up. Bro, amazing. I can't wait for people to watch this, you know. I'm being so <laughs> honest with you. I can't wait because even me just talking to you, it's just, it's mm-hmm. motivated me to do more. And even though I feel like I'm doing yeah. a lot already, it's motivated me to be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Just get some stuff done. Like, stop wasting time. Stop procrastinating. So I just want to say thank you, mm-hmm. Mr. Adam Brooks. Tell the people where they can find you and all these kind of things. Promote, man. Promote, promote, promote. <laughs> well. I no longer do MB music, bro. So yeah, that's no yeah, longer I know, a thing. I know, I know. I'll <laughs> <laughs> talk about it later. But um, yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram, Adam B R U X. Facebook is the same. Um, Instagram, Twitter, same. Um, I've just got YouTube, but the links are all on my Instagram. So go to YouTube and find me on there. Um, and yeah, man, I'm there. If people want to engage me more, DM is the best place. That's where you find me most often. Um, if you want to send me an email, it's hello at adambrux.co.uk. But I'm here, man. I'm ready to help anyone who needs help. If you want a youth group, if you want to play anything that needs motivation, anyone needs inspiration, holler at me. Thank you very much, Mr. Adam Brooks. This has been Conversation with H, the Skype series. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll have much more very soon.